Hello and welcome to the Damn Fine Life podcast with Rinku Madan. I'm Gaurav Kapoor and I am here to introduce this show which is a unique and exclusive take on luxury hospitality from across the globe. Now I am fascinated by luxury hospitality just as much as you are, which is why I'm super excited about this show because it's not just about the business of hospitality, but it's also about stories, journeys, histories, insights, a peek behind the curtain, if you may. from the world of luxury hospitality so let's dive straight in powered by sonever resorts and residences marquesi di barolo wines and the lila palaces hotels and resorts brought to you by dan hotels israel shale hotels limited hotel kempinski indonesia fratelli wines and taf reverse your fat in partnership with our season partners postcard hotels a collection of intimate and bespoke luxury hotels hidden in holiday destinations across india and the world the postcard hotels combine luxury with simplicity helping you retreat to a life that is luxurious simple unhurried and filled with rich discoveries easy diner the one stop platform for the most enjoyable authentic and friction free table booking experience instant confirmations and amazing deals on food and beverage in over 150 cities in india and now in dubai too jet hq the world's most trusted aircraft sales with deep industry knowledge real time data and market analysis by dedicated professionals an aircraft brokerage company with headquarters in the united states jet hq's experience and international expertise allow them to serve you 24/7 across the globe in almost every time zone a one stop solution for sale and purchase of pre-owned aircrafts My guest today is from one of the pioneers in luxury resorts in the Maldives, the Soneva, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be chatting with the Thailand-based CCO and Soneva's guardian of the brand, the lovely Karisa Nima. Karisa is instrumental in helping the brand grow. They are in the Indian Ocean, in Thailand, and growing more and more luxuriously as we talk. Welcome, Karisa Nima. I hope I am pronouncing your name correctly. Yes, you are. Thank you, Rinku. It's uh, great to be here. So, apart from being the CCO, you are also called the guardian of the brand. So, what exactly does that signify? So, my job is to, as I mentioned, chief commercial officer. But at Soneva, we believe that titles are very important. So, my title, which is actually guardian of the brand, just signifies that. my job is to protect and to guard the brand so it's not a short term like my my vision is not short term i have a long term vision so the decisions i make today need to have a long lasting impact i'm not just focused on short term commercial decisions my job is to help guide my team to have a lasting impact on the brand and by doing so the idea is that having brand value will create value for the business uh, which will translate into a commercial value so that that's why we we use titles like guardian of the brand for instance instead of the more traditional title like chief commercial officer there's other people in the senior management team with similar titles so for instance the ceo sonu his uh, title is guardian of the culture because his job is to protect and guard the culture of the of of the company and so on so 
there's about five of us across the company with these uh, interesting uh, guardian titles. Yeah, I think they sound lovely. I mean, when when you hear someone called guardian of the brand, it it actually brings a feeling of a belonging. It doesn't sound uh, clinical. Like, I mean, CEO is a great brand to have, but this sounds more personal. This sounds more uh, exactly. So tell me, Carissa. Uh, so never has always been ahead of its times in comparison to most brands. And this has been the vision of the owners, uh, Sonu Shivdasani and his wife, uh, Eva Menstrom. So what is next on the cards for Suneva? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. So actually this year, Suneva celebrates 25 years. Um, Suneva was the first luxury brand in the Maldives. And in the past 25 years, it's really evolved and it's pioneered a lot of interesting things uh, in luxury hospitality, not just in the Maldives, but globally. So we feel that as a company, we're on the cusp of of something big. And it's really interesting because I read an article in uh, Harvard Business Review that basically said, uh, a large majority of businesses or business owners, when they be, when they turn 25 years old as a company, this is when a big strategic shift generally happens. Like the business goes in a, in a new direction or, or they make plans to transform the business. And, and that's very much where we are right now with Seneva as well. Uh, we are looking at uh, expanding further. So in the next few years, ha- opening some new resorts and some new locations. Uh, But also in terms of our business model, we are currently uh, planning some fairly big uh, innovations, which we will be sharing next year. But what I can say is that we really hope to diversify away from just being a resorts uh, owner and operator into uh, different uh, revenue streams in the future. Oh, great. So, So which countries, I mean, are you allowed to share this information as yet? Uh, so we're still looking uh, exactly where we want to go, but the Maldives is our home base. We've had a lot of success in the Maldives. So we currently have two, which is Saneva Fushi and Saneva Jani. Uh, we um, are definitely hoping to open something else in the Maldives in the very near future. So then we can really, really leverage our position there, our, our, our knowledge of the Maldives, our um, network of, of people, of, of hosts. But in addition to the Maldives, we are looking also at Japan and potentially further afield in Europe as well. So there's another Suneva coming up in the Maldives then? Yes, in, in, in the, in, within the next few years, let's say. So there's another thing which is uh, generally identified with Suneva, which always one talks about in actually the same breath, that sustainability is something that is synonymous with your brand. Uh, you have also won the Tourism Council's Sustainability Award, uh, you know, two times, I think, right? Yeah. This actually makes it a benchmark for the hospitality industry worldwide, winning such a you know prestigious award uh, two times. So how successfully do you practice sustainability and how do you think that hotels are maintaining sustainability in these trying times? Okay, very good question. Quite a few parts to that. So let me start by saying sustainability for us is um, not just having a sustainability manager in the company to kind of look at what we're doing. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. That's a that's a great place to start. But we try to integrate sustainability into our operations um, across every single facet. So I'll give you an example. During the interview process, when we hire new talent, we always have several sustainability questions in as part of that process to really understand how people themselves adopt it, believe in it, so right from the beginning of their journey with Seneva, it's 
part of that process. We also regularly in in almost every meeting, sustainability related issues or questions are addressed, are talked about. We have a whole teams of people at our resorts uh, involved in sustainability, whether that's in our waste to wealth center or for instance, the, the glass blowing teams or the Seneva Foundation team uh, who work on projects like Seneva Namuna. It really is ingrained in our core and that stems from the very top. It's Sonu and Ava who have this philosophy from the beginning and they've really driven it down across the organization. Uh, another good example is, is our CFO and Deputy CEO, uh, Bruce. So he is also a sustainability champion and he often says that it should be the senior management who believe in sustainability and really drive it across the company because without it coming from the top, it's much harder to be in effect across the company, right? And so it's for us, it's more than kind of saying, if you don't want us to wash your towels every day, you know, let us know. It's really, we look at every single point of the, the guest journey and we figure out how can we make it more sustainable? How can we make it better for the guest experience? Because we believe that sustainability and luxury are not opposites, they complement each other. So we try and find innovative and, and fun ways to do it that don't impact on the guest experience. So how do you educate your guests or the staff working for you? How do you make them realize the importance of sustainability of carbon footprint without making it sound very authoritarian? Let me put it this way. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, some of the guests, are, I would say around 50% of our guests are really interested in it, whereas the other 50%, it, I think they I think they like it, but it's not so much, uh, not so interesting for them. And that's okay. There's, there's a few ways that we try to get our guests involved and, and educate people on different subjects. So for instance, the Suneva Namuna initiative that I talked about just now, we do offer ways for our guests to get involved in that. So not right now because of the, the pandemic, but outside of the pandemic, we do offer guests the chance to participate and go to the Namuna Islands and help the teams with whatever projects they're working on, whether that's waste segregation or recycling or, or so on and so on. We also do several interesting talks every week for our guests about different, you know, whether that's marine biology or recycling or waste management in the Maldives, which is a really complicated and but interesting topic. We try to integrate the sustainability practices into the guest experiences. So for example, we have an on-site art and glass facility, which is uh, where, for instance, you can go for dinner, have a lovely bottle of red wine, and then you take it tomorrow to our art and glass center. It will, And that bottle will get cleaned and then crushed and then blown into a beautiful piece of art by our on-site artists. This is a very sustainable practice. And it's about us kind of working with the guests to create these nice experiences for them that, that are also very sustainable. Yeah, that's that's very Soneva. Yes, absolutely. So do they also get to carry those wine souvenirs back with them which which they make out of the glass bottles yes so if if they would like to purchase it they take it home and they uh, we actually have a lot of different art that's made from a lot of different visiting artists uh, the guests can make their own art uh, so yes they can take it back home oh that's nice so you guys are located in a UNESCO biosphere, right? That's right. So being in a UNESCO biosphere reserve in the Bar Atoll in the Maldives, how is that any different from being in any other atoll? So the Bar Atoll Biosphere Reserve is protected. So it means UNESCO has protected the water, like the water and the land in this area. So it's basically you're more likely to see a bigger variety of marine life and different types of flora and fauna. 
The Maldives is a really interesting geography. It's very long and there's a lot of different islands. And actually what you can see in our atolls, which is Bai Atoll and even further north in Nuno Atoll where we have Senevajani, is quite different from what you can see in the south. So the Biosphere Reserve just means that it's protected. So the species and the diversity is generally is, is very good. So you guys are famous for your F&B. I have heard so much about it. What are you coming up in the F&B space? So are there again going to be some Michelin standard restaurants or chefs that are going to be taking center stage? Yes, you're right. Suneva is passionate about F&B. Uh, Sonuneva are very, very big uh, food and wine lovers and they travel the world going to the best restaurants and they kind of get these interesting concepts and bring them back home. And we're also very lucky to work with some really amazing chefs who have been with us a very long time. So for instance, Chef Soba, he's Maldivian. He was actually on a CNN interview about being kind of the grandfather of Maldivian cuisine. So we definitely have a lot going on in this area. What another initiative that we are very proud of is um, something called the Seneva Stars. And as part of the Seneva Stars is that uh, we, we invite 30 to 40 Michelin starred chefs to our resort every year. And what they do is they come out and they cook for, for a week and the guests on site can then enjoy their meals at the, the restaurant where they cook, which is called Once Upon a Table. It's a lovely chef's, uh, chef's table concept, which has eight seats. And it's a beautiful kind of overwater restaurant in Out of the Blue. And the menu is mostly from our garden. So our own plants and vegetables and herbs, and then the local fish that they catch. And the nice thing about that is that the guests can enjoy the meals from our own chefs in our own restaurants, but also the visiting Michelin starred chefs. So they don't have to travel around the world to to dine with these famous chefs. They can have they can enjoy their meals when they're on site with us at Seneva Fushi or Seneva Jani, both of them in the Maldives. Another interesting thing we have coming up is we have two new restaurants that we will be launching in the next few months. One of them will be an kind of overwater fish slash crab shack at Seneva Fushi. And another one will be a very interesting zipline dining concept at Seneva Fushi. And that will be I would say launched with a very quite famous chef. We haven't shared the name yet, but that's happening towards the end of this year. That's the surprise. Okay, okay. So we have to wait for that. That is a surprise. That is a surprise. <laughs> yes. But but tell me something more about this fish and crab shack. This this sounds really interesting. Yeah, so we actually have a crab shack at Seneva Jani, and that is called the Crab Shack. That's been extremely successful because the concept is very simple. You eat bare feet in the sand and the, the restaurant was set up with a chef who uh, is very well known in, in the world of crabs. And you sit there bare feet and you eat, you have a menu of 10 different crabs, but there's also a very nice uh, vegetarian section. We're planning to uh, to replicate the same thing at Seneva Fushi. So we'll be at the end of a jetty, very relaxed, very kind of rustic, beautiful shack where people can order crabs and cocktails and rosé wine and watch the sunset from there. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so tell me one thing about the Suneva Jani and the Suneva Fushi, which sets them apart from the other resorts. Like you have the resorts, like you name the brand and it's there in the Maldives now and it's growing manifold. So what sets Suneva Jani and Suneva Fushi, that's the Suneva brand apart? 
Okay, so our, our philosophy and what we try to deliver to our guests is inspiring a lifetime of rare experiences. Um, and we deliver that through this kind of slow life concept. So if you go to any resort in the Maldives, they're all going to be beautiful. They're all going to have stunning villas and beautiful views. So we, we just think that people come on holiday, they stay with us because they, they want more than that. They Yes, we provide these absolutely huge, spacious villas that are extremely private and beautifully designed by Ava. But what we try and do is create this magic, uh, in very intuitive service, food and beverage, like it's better than what you can get at home. I mean, we think that our food and beverage is, you know, the best experiences in a resort in the world. That's what we try to deliver. But it, it's also about the experiences. So we, we try to create these rare moments, whether that's having this very intimate dinner with the three-star Michelin chef in, in the restaurant, or even, you know, somewhere you could organize it somewhere different. Maybe it's having, being on the sand bank and having a, a really nice meal with an astronomer who is teaching you about the constellations. You know, you can have constellations in the Maldives from the northern and southern hemisphere. And we come up with these very extensive experiences so that guests come and stay with us and they can stay for as long as they want and they're never going to get through all the experiences we offer. There used to be this perception that if you go to the Maldives, it's a honeymoon destination. But this has really changed. There is actually so much. So it, there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of rich cultural experiences you can also do. But also for families, we've we've heavily invested in children's dens. So we think that children are important decision makers. So we create spaces for children and teenagers so that they're happy and therefore the parents are happy. And therefore the families just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And one of the things I hear very often is that Seneva has this magic. There's a soul to the brand and to the island and, and it's very difficult to replicate. And I think that is what sets us apart compared to our competitors. It's whether that's the soul that's coming through our hosts because we we really carefully handpick people, we, we invest in them, they're with us a very long time, or whether it's the uh, the islands themselves because you know we try not to cut down any trees when we build the villas it's extremely sustainable and recyclable uh, we look after the the environment but there really is a special energy at the islands okay so Carissa, i know that you've been a chef yourself and now you're vegan so tell me some of your food stories why did you turn vegan and what has your journey been like I am a home chef. I'm definitely not. Uh, I'm so happy that nobody had to uh, try my cooking on a professional level. <laughs> no, um, I believe you're a great chef. I've been reading about you. So I absolutely know that you're a very good chef. So I am. Um, I was vegetarian since I was 13. I turned vegetarian because I always wanted to study to become a vet. And I just thought it doesn't make sense to want to save animals and then go home and eat them. So it was very much based on ethics. Um, generally, people become vegetarian or vegan for one of three reasons or more than one. Ethics, environment and health. So for me, it was ethics more than anything else. But as I've gotten older, environment and health have become equally important. And then around six years ago, I turned fully vegan, fully plant-based vegan quite difficult in Thailand at the time. I live in Thailand and there was a, it was not a lot of choice, but thankfully in the past uh, six years, things have really changed. And now it's, uh, I would say, quite mainstream now. And that that's great because it, it opens up a lot of the, the amazing Thai food that I previously was not able to, to taste. 
So even in the Maldives, do you find it difficult to be vegan when you're in the Maldives? No, not at all, because I mostly stay at our resorts. I do I do stay at a lot of other properties as well, just for my own knowledge and awareness. But at our resorts, and I know at, at least half of the ones I've traveled to, there's a plant-based option. The Maldives is actually quite forward-thinking when it comes to being vegan. And I think that's just the reflecting the demand from, from travelers. A lot of people these days are very conscious about their health, about environment. And so at all of our properties, even Suneva Curie here in Thailand, we do have a plant-based restaurant on site. And the we can read the the guest um the guest feedback from the past, you know, five or six years. So at first people were kind of saying, what the hell is this? Why am I eating plants for dinner? And that now it's one of our, you know, it's a really, really popular restaurant and we get glowing feedback. And I think people don't miss not having a big piece of meat on their on their plate. Absolutely. I can totally imagine. Also, Carissa, you have a background in journalism. So how has that helped you in your current role, which is diametrically opposite to what you do now, you know, as opposed to being a journalist? So tell me something about it. Yeah. So after I studied my, I started my uh, degree um, in vet science, I changed to journalism and I completed my uh, Bachelor of Journalism degree and I went to work for a newspaper in Australia, in my hometown. And let's just say after six months, I hated it (laughs) and quickly figured out that it was not what I wanted to do. So I went on... I went on a on an 18 month backpacking trip that has technically never ended. That was in 2004. And um along the way I basically applied for a PR agency and I have the writing skills so it was quite easy to find a job in in PR. And I've never looked back really. And what I do now it's actually very extremely helpful to have uh, strong writing skills because in my job I have to proof a lot of copy, write a lot of copy, look at other people's copy and it it's 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 such a foundation skill to have if you can write well in english it will take you a long way yeah so so your short stint as a journalist is is more beneficial now i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah tell me about sonu and eva what are they like They're, they're quite a mystery actually so so what are they like well they're they're fascinating. Uh, very, both of them extremely intellectual, very, very intelligent and intellectual people. Very, very fun. I, I'm not sure if everyone knows that, but when we have meetings, it's always extremely fun. They're very funny. I think part of their success is that they don't take themselves too seriously. And that's why this Seneva brand is is so fun and creative because they do have the ability to laugh at themselves and you know also learn from their mistakes. They work extremely hard. They literally work nonstop and they push us. I mean, we have, I think the team that we have now is, we've all been with them quite a while, quite a long time. They trust us. Uh, we trust them and they push us very hard. We always have a million things going on. Uh, so sometimes it's it's about kind of setting priorities and 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 pushing back to say actually you know we can do this for you but we can't deliver it tomorrow. <laughs> but it's it's really interesting working for people like this because they're not traditional. They don't come from a hospitality background, so they don't look at things the same way that other people that are traditional hospital hoteliers would. And for Sonor and Eva, it's not it's never been about money. It's about creating this beautiful brand and this these beautiful destinations that really create meaning for people and genuinely help people and help the environment. And that's part of what makes Suneva different, I think. it's it, The bottom line is never the number one reason 
to do something and that that's an absolute privilege to work for a company like that. Yes, absolutely. I think they, like I mentioned initially, that the brand is actually a pioneer in luxury hospitality in in the Maldives. They were the one of the first ones, I believe, you know, 25 years ago, if that's when they began. I'm not sure there would, would have been many brands at that point in time when they started. There were other hotels in the Maldives, but they were three-star. So there was no five-star in the Maldives. And actually, if you go onto the website, there's a really interesting chronicle, a kind of timeline that that Ava has curated with a lot of really old pictures. And she tells a story of how the hotel was built. So basically, in a nutshell, Ava came to the Maldives uh, for modeling assignments. Uh, she, she was a really top model. So she came for modeling assignments. And then she met Sonu... Um, and they they got married and then they decide she wanted to bring her new husband back to the Maldives to show him how beautiful this place was which she did and then they they said you know what let's let's have a home here and in those days the only way that people foreigners could own a home was to ha- was if it was a resort or a business so they they basically leased an island to have it as a resort but it was also their home so from that point on they started building this this hotel that was unlike anything else in the world at the time but in the past 25 years they really have introduced a lot of interesting innovations so for instance water slides uh, over water villas it was the first over water villas in in the Maldives at the time you know their eco these ways to wealth centers, uh, the whole concept of no news and no shoes, that, that, that was also their, their innovation. Things like having observatories that are free for guests so that all guests could, could look at the observatories. There's a lot of things that they introduced in the past 25 years that are now fairly standard if you go to hotels around the world. It, it's, it's quite interesting working for very innovative people because I think one day we'll look back and, and think, wow, what, we learned so much from, from, from Sononeva. So I'm coming down to this thing called the rapid fire, Carissa, where I'm going to ask you these short questions. Okay. So if Carissa had three adjectives to describe herself, which one would she choose? I would say honest, fun, and... Pretty? Very pretty? <laughs> okay, I'm mad. No, I would say maybe adventurous. I, I love a good adventure. So where is your happy place? My happy place is at home with my family and my some good friends drinking a really nice bottle of Barolo wine with some nice vegan food on the table and laughter and, and chats and, and that would be my happy place. Okay, so tell me one important skill you think that everyone should have. Communication. So just, you know, whether that's written, verbal, I think ev- everyone should work on their communication. There's people who I deal with quite often, they have so much to offer and they're so talented at what they do but if they can't get the communication right it's so hard to it's so hard to understand what what they want or what they're trying to or what they're trying to say or do and i just feel that everyone should really invest in themselves to to try to improve their communication very well said absolutely okay so then which is that book that has inspired you oh there's so many books that have inspired me okay so Chip Conley Peak is a great one. Um, setting the table. I love also a Japanese writer called Haruki Murakami. He's uh, very you know, yeah, he's very fiction, but I, he's just the way with words is 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 amazing. So, so what is the genre that you generally read? Like, what do you enjoy reading most? So I would love to, re- I actually really enjoy reading a mix. So sometimes I, I crave a really good kind of self-development or leadership book. Sometimes I've had a really bad day and I, I get my glass of Barolo and I curl up with a novel of fiction or, you know, something by Haruki or something else um, like John McEwen. 
it takes my mind away from the terrible day that I've had, <laughs> you know, but I'm studying law. So I read a lot on weekends, which is like heavy, thick books on torts and <laughs> criminal law and things like that. So I really also try and on the weekend escape as far as possible from this kind of reading. <laughs> do you find time to study law and to and to do what you're doing? Like, is there enough time? <laughs> I'm I'm very impressed. But why law? Why are you studying law? Why did you choose law? I don't know, but I felt like it was a life skill I should have. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that I never knew much about it. If I needed to speak to a lawyer tomorrow, I wouldn't really know the first place about what, how to start, where to look, what to talk to them about. So I felt like it was something I really needed to know. And it's good. I'm glad I, I picked that because I'm learning a lot about how to structure arguments, how to read and understand rules and contracts and things that I think are very essential in our day-to-day lives, even outside of the workplace. It's really interesting. The way I, I look at things now has changed ever since I, I started. So I think it's a really good subject. That's wonderful. So Carissa, what is your hidden talent that we all don't know about? I think we know most of your talents by now. Is there anything hidden still? If there is, please tell us. So I love I love yoga. I'm I'm not I'm not a professional yogi by any means, but I I've been doing it for a long time, and I I just love it. it it's one of the few things that really relaxes me. When I was younger, I was a I loved water skiing as well and horse riding. So I I think generally I'm quite a f- an active person. So if I ever ha- have the chance to um to do these things, I do it, and I'm quite lucky. I I live in uh, a place called Hua Hin, which is uh, three hours south of Bangkok. And uh, just outside my house is a cable ski park. So I get to practice my water skiing quite often, which is fantastic. So are 24 hours enough for you? (laughs) This sounds like a lot (laughs) of stuff going on in your 24 hours of the day. Do you sleep? Definitely not, Rinku. (laughs) So so tell me what is one of your favorite food memories. So I used to live in the Middle East. Um, I spent 10 years living in that part of the world before I moved to Thailand for this job with Suneva. And I traveled a lot in the Middle East, pretty much to most of the countries there. And my husband is Syrian. So I love Arabic food. And I love the fact that when you go to somebody's house who's serving Arabic food, it's always such, it's such an event. Like they really take pride in in having you come to their house. They take pleasure in serving you this food that has it looks like it's taken them days to prepare but in reality you know it's probably taken six or seven or eight hours which is a huge amount of time yeah it's always a banquet it's a banquet the tables are loaded and they're groaning with food and it's just such a happy occasion sitting down at these tables in the middle east with all these delicious arabic meza i i absolutely loved i love those uh food experiences when i lived there and and the delicacies from the different parts of those um of that that part of the world as well were really interesting. Ah, lovely. But let me tell you, Indians are like that too. If you go to any any of, of our houses, you would also get an equal-sized banquet, maybe even larger, probably. <laughs> exactly. I love that too. It's so nice. <laughs> so, Carissa, it was so wonderful talking to you. And, um, you know, the way Soneva has really soared up the level of luxury and we are eagerly looking forward to seeing what the brand does next. And thank you for joining me on the show. Really had fun and a great time chatting with you. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Rinku. Ciao. Bye.